I'm Caleb. I'm Isaac. And my name is Ryan. We are the King's Advocate Podcast. We are just um, three brothers in Christ who are, are wanting to talk about the Bible. We're not scholars or anything like that. We just want to we just want to get more used to and more and more comfortable with uh, talking about the Bible. So, as promised for this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about heaven, and uh, this is. Uh, definitely a, a little bit of a mysterious subject in, in some respects as to obviously what it looks like, you know, what it's going to be like, where it's going to be, all, all those different things. But uh, there's a few really solid things that I think that we can draw comfort and, and strength from. Uh, so, you know, number one for us to remember is is while we are here, heaven is, is our goal. It's one of our goals, you know. We, we talked a little bit last week about how, like, there's, you know, pillars to our dedication, pillars to our faith. One of them is um, is our is our love for Christ, and that's definitely part of the reason we do what we do. But also another reason is is we want to make it to heaven so we can spend eternity with Him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caleb, you brought this up last week, First uh, Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty seven. Uh, it says, "Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things." Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Uh, so what Paul is talking about there is what the goal is. And the goal is, is that crown of life, is that immortality and that eternity uh, with Christ and with God. Uh, and so, and, and that's that's what our goal is today. That hasn't changed. You know, that's still what we're what we're working for, and that that's what makes all the trials and tribulations that we will face as a as a Christian. That's what makes all of them, you know, easier to bear and worth it. On this verse, have you ever like watched a sporting event like a race, like for, let's say for the Olympics, and like seeing the people after the race is over and the guy that won, how like relief instantly floods over them like it's instant like i did it i won and i've got this new trophy (laughs) i'm i'm finally accomplished what i've been running for what i've been practicing for it i think paul's regarding heaven in the same way where it's over the race has been run and finally we can rest finally we've received our trophy we've received our crown and we can finally stop running (laughs) or if if you personally have been a part of any sort of competition where you were just putting it all out there and exhausting yourself and then you win and you know maybe you didn't maybe you're a loser but maybe you win (laughs) (laughs) and you get that feeling that i can rest now like yeah that's a that's a cool feeling yeah well and and jesus also he he you know he pointed us towards this goal he in in uh we, we also mentioned this verse a little bit last week, but in Matthew 18, 8 through 9, he talks about um, entering into life halt or maimed. You know, if you have something that offends you, a right hand or, or an eye that offends you, you know, you know, cut it off, pluck it out, cast it away from you. And he, he talks about that because he is pointing us towards the goal, which is life everlasting. And he does it again in John 14 and verse 1. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. So, you know, Jesus is 
he consistently pointed, you know, he pointed his apostles and his followers in the direction of this is where you need to go. This is what the goal is. This is the end point for you guys. Is is life eternal? Is heaven? I think it's interesting too. In verse three, he said, "I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also." And I'm reading New King James. Uh, if anyone's uh, confused, confused about the wording, but that's probably the only like. Just to point out quickly, that's probably the only versions we'll use during these podcasts. Like, if we read a, a verse or something, it's either going to be from King James or New King James, right? I mean, right. M- for the most part. I mean, that's what we have right now. So. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it's interesting that he told them, not only is there going to be a place for you where I'm going to build it in my father's house, there's many rooms, there's room for you, but I'm going to be there, and you're going to be with me. And he's talking to the people that have been with him for uh, for as long as Jesus has been ministering, for as long as Jesus has been traveling. They witnessed him die, and he said, I'm going to leave, and I'm going to come back, and you're going to be with me again. I, I think the... Um, I heard an example in a, in a sermon a long time ago. I can't remember who, who gave this sermon, so can't give credit, but... Um, one of them, one of the examples that the, this person used was, you know, the way that we need to to think about death and think about the afterlife is kind of the same way that a dog thinks about going through a door to his master. You know, the, the dog doesn't know what's on the other side of the door. The dog doesn't know, you know, what it's going to be like to pass through the door. The only thing that the dog knows is that his master is on the other side. And I thought that was a pretty, you know, silly, maybe a little bit, but powerful point. Like, I don't know what death is going to be like. I'm kind of worried it might hurt, you know. But, <laughs> but we shouldn't be afraid because it's it's the goal that we've been working for our entire lives, and Jesus is there on the other side, so it can't be bad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that that's and that that example has has kind of stuck with me and kind of made me made me be a little bit ashamed at times whenever I you know worried about I don't really want to die because I'm worried that death might like hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scary thought, but. I mean, yeah, like you said, when you think about it in the right perspective, death is kind of the, uh, it's the door, really is what it is, uh, the doggy door, if you will, to <laughs> <laughs> to see our master. That's really, to see the guy that died. Good boy. <laughs> to see the guy that bought your salvation, that saved you from yourself, you get to go and see him, and it doesn't matter what shape or color or size the door is, how heavy it is. You push through it to see your masters, to see that person. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've thought a lot about how much I would love to have been in the apostles' place at times. You know, to to meet Jesus, to to oh, yeah. hear his voice and talk to him, and and be able to, you know, call him master and touch him. But, but. Uh, or even one of the people in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and th- this kind of leads into the second point that I want to make. Heaven is going to be worth it. You know, we, it's going to be worth the wait. It's going to be worth the shame that people may put us through. It's going to be worth any pain that we face. Like, heaven is going to be worth it. And he, I mean, he promises us that time and time again. In 1 Corinthians um, 2 and verse 9, uh, I think it, yeah, uh, it's Paul writing here. But he, he quotes Isaiah 64 and verse 4, and he says, But as it is written, 
I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And that's that's a really big theme throughout the gospel and throughout the Bible is God, he, he um, rewards those who seek after him. God rewards the people who love him. I mean, he says even in, in Hebrews like 11, you know, faith is, is believing that he is. Those who, those who have faith must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that, that diligently seek him. You know, heaven is heaven's going to be worth the wait. I mean, because we're going to be we're going to be in a place of of comfort. We're going to be in a place of pure joy, and we're going to be with our master. I mean, that's that that is what that's all what heaven's all about. In um, Romans eight and eighteen, Paul writing again here, and I, I I imagine that Paul probably wrote a lot about heaven because he had been there. Uh, <laughs> So, or he was there in a vision. At least he he talks about how how he was in a vision, you know. But <clears throat> but yeah. In Romans eight and eighteen, it says, "For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us." You know, he he tells us that like the things that we go through in this life are literally so so much less than you know the glory of heaven and the joy of heaven that you know we're gonna like basically forget it. You know, it's it's they say that like mothers. Whenever after they have a child, they forget the pain of having a child because you know they're they're so happy being yeah. a mother and, and having their child. And Which none of us will experience. No. But no. I guess I could kind of imagine that the <laughs> the thought. <laughs> I can imagine having a baby. Well, I mean, I can imagine the going through pain and trial, and then at the other side, you don't even remember it because what comes after is so much better. I mean, that's really what the apostles went through. Uh, we talked about that last week, about how much they suffered, and yet at the other side, none of that mattered because now they're home. Yeah, I mean, in one of the more comforting verses of, of the Bible is in Revelation 7, uh, verse 13 through 17. It says, and this is a vision that John is having, but he says, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That's That's one of my... You know that's one of my favorite verses. Is you know God's gonna wipe away, God will God will wipe away all of our tears whenever we we're in heaven. You know we won't have the sorrow of of lost loved ones anymore. We won't have the the, the pain of being uh, you know mortal and on on this earth. We're we're going to just we're gonna be happy and we're going to be uh, comforted from from all the all the things that Satan put us through here on this earth. Yeah, I think one of the most comforting scriptures in my mind is uh part is the ones that say or when when that talked about judgment day which sounds odd that i'd be comforted by being judged normally scared by that <laughs> yeah you're weird <laughs> but i mean you think about judgment day it's the day that you see jesus for the very first time and as christians he looks at us and he says well done yeah I don't know. I don't know if there's any gonna be any sweeter words than that, you know. I mean, the the thought of him even saying "well done" 
my good and faithful servant, enter to the joy of your Lord. I mean, after all that we deserve, after all the things that we've done to not deserve those words or what comes after, the fact that we get to experience that is so comforting and it makes it worth this life. Whatever comes, whatever uh, trials, tribulation and all that, it makes it worth it to think that we're going to, I'm being repetitive here, but to think that we'll be able to see heaven one day, it's it's very worth it. If we've been saved and followed him and obeyed him. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there is, there is one thing that I want to talk about that that's, it's a, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit mysterious. And this is my, this is my belief on this. So, and I, I feel like I have, you know, I have a. I, I don't just believe this because you know whatever. I have. I have believe. I believe this for for a reason, but I, I kind of believe whenever we think about like um, think about the thief on the cross, and you think about um, Jesus whenever he died, uh, he said he told the the thief on the cross, "Thou thou shalt be with me in paradise today." And he he told him that in Luke twenty three and forty two. He he's talking to the thief on the cross, and he says. You know, Lord, don't forget me when you come into your kingdom. And he says, you're going to be in with, you're gonna, I, I promise you're going to be in paradise with me today. So there are two different Greek words for, for hell. And um, one of them is, is Hades. And Gehenna. And the other is Gehenna. So Hades is, um, it's used in a way that this is the place of the dead. This is just where all the dead souls go. That's that's the the context of the word there. Mm-hmm. And the other one, Gehenna, is used. Um, it's kind of it's kind of a little bit like Sheol, the Hebrew word in in the Old Testament that, that it refers to the the eternal like uh, place of damnation. Okay. So Gehenna is, refers to the the eternal place of damnation, but they're both translated as as hell in in English. In English, yeah. And um, it's interesting because. In Acts 2 and uh, verse 27, but, uh, we can read Acts 2 and, and verse 27. It's, it's really interesting to me. Sorry, let me, let me turn there. Acts 2 and 27 says, um, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So, Actually, in the New King James, it says, For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. That's what it just translates it like that. Yeah. So what verse was that, 27? Yeah, Acts 2 and 27. So basically, what he's talking about there is he's talk- he's actually quoting again like a psalm, and he's talking about Jesus here. He's talking about how he will not leave your soul in hell and Hades. He's not going to leave Jesus's soul in the place of the dead. He's you know obviously he was raised after the third day, and he says he's not going to suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And what he means by that is he's not going to allow Jesus's body to like putrefy basically. Yeah. And um, it didn't, as we know. But uh, but we also see that same Greek word of Hades used in Luke 16 and 25 whenever it's talking about Lazarus and the rich man. And it says that Lazarus being in, in hell, he was in, in torment and in hell, and it's that same word of Hades. So the reason I find that interesting... Lazarus is, or the rich man? Sorry, the rich man was in, was in uh, <laughs> the place of torment. I mean, they were both in hell, technically, I mean, even in, Jesus... In the Hades version. Yeah, Jesus was in Hades. But why I find that interesting is because Jesus calls it paradise. 
He tells the thief on the cross, you're going to be with me, with what, me in paradise. What word does he use for paradise? Is it? It's a different word okay. because he's talking about, he's, he's talking about paradise. He doesn't say hell. You're going to be with me in hell. I mean, <laughs> that would be an interesting English translation. <laughs> but he says, you're going to be with me in paradise. But so Jesus, I mean, we see from Acts 2 and verse 27 that Jesus's soul was in Hades, the same place that, well, not the same place, but a similar place. This is the place of the rich man. But Jesus describes it as paradise, and the rich man describes it as, as torment, you know? Mm-hmm. So kind of what my, my belief about this, and this is, you know, this is not necessarily like a, a t- the topic of, of edification. I just think this is, you know, kind of interesting. Yeah. I think it's a, an interesting thing I've always, I've always be- or I recently believed, started believing, but uh, so he talks about how, like, um, I've always believed that heaven and hell are, are two distinct places, but, you know, before we get there, there's, there's like, a waiting place. And I believe that because these, these scriptures seem to indicate that with, like, how there's a Greek word for Hades and the Greek, there's a Greek word for, for you know, the, the, the lake of fire, you know, eternal damnation. And just the way it talks about death in general throughout the Bible as a rest or, like, a sleep or a waiting you know that I feel like that also kind of adds to that indication. So in it, but in Mark nine and forty three, it's just kind of a retelling of, of something we've already read about entering into life halt or maimed, and Jesus says it's better to enter into life halt or maimed than than your uh, your whole body to be cast into into hell. And the word he uses there as hell is Gehenna, which is the eternal. Mark nine. Yeah, Mark nine and forty three. Forty three. Okay. Yeah, so he uses the word Gehenna there which is the eternal damnation version. So I've always kind of believed that there's a waiting place, one of, you know, one of paradise and and one of torment. I think scripture lines that out pretty clearly that there is a place before death where you await judgment day. And it's, it's where Lazarus and the rich man went. Lazarus went to the good side, Abraham's bosom. The rich man went to the bad side, the place of torment. But they're waiting there. That's not... Right. Where Jesus is now. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus was there whenever he, he was, was in the grave. He's not there now. He's not there now, right, mm-hmm. right. Because so, it actually says in, I think, Acts, it says that Jesus ascended to heaven and sat at the right right hand of his yes, father. So he's yes. not in Hades today. Right, still. Jesus is Jesus is in heaven. He is with God. He is right. with the Father. So that, this, that is important to know. I can easily see how this would create controversy because you can ask a lot of people and, you know, there's a lot of like it's very frequent to hear like i'm gonna die and go straight to heaven or die and go straight to hell you know right right. and also it's interesting to think about like if there's a good waiting place and bad waiting place if you get there you know are you aware you know or lazarus if if you get to the good place and you think oh well i'm going to heaven after this because i'm not on the other side of that right you know or like i don't know there's it's really interesting but um, one you know disclaimer that we might make is again, we are not scholars. We are not our word is not scripture. So please take these thoughts and look at your own Bible, and do these studies for yourself, and uh, come up with your own, and refer to other people who might be more knowledgeable or might have spent more time studying it. Uh, look into the the words, look into the Greek, and and really try to study that out and come up with your own idea from your own study uh, don't just take what we say because you know like we said we're not perfect and this is just from the things that we've studied 
Um, I would encourage if you do study those things out and you think that there's something we said that was wrong, please bring it to us and let's talk about it or let's study it out together and try to have a better understanding together. What we're, we're not trying to say that everything we say is exactly correct. We're, we're just talking about it and from our own study and knowledge. So well, I mean, we do, we do try to be pretty much exactly correct. Right, right, we, right. we try to be. We don't wanna. I think so far we have been with the, uh, the waiting place. And as far as I, uh, my understanding of the scriptures is concerned, uh, there is a waiting place of Hades and there is eternal uh, after judgment day, eternal heaven and eternal hell, Gehenna. And Caleb touched on an interesting subject of whether or not you know and I think you do know, based on the rich man at Lazarus, the rich man obviously knew he was in torment. Uh, and it, it's something interesting that he did that uh, kind of stri- strikes me as odd. He never once asked if he could change over to the other side. Yeah, he did try to He did try to get his brothers out. He Well, not get at him out, but he tried to warn. He wanted to warn his brothers. Right. Yeah, like you're talking about, that's interesting. that He knew there's no going back. There's no changing this. I'm here and it's done. Yeah. So... So he knew what was awaiting him on judge, or what is awaiting him on Judgment Day, and there's nothing he could do to change that. So not only is he in torment right now, but he's going to get it worse later on. Yeah, I've had more than one argument about this exact parable, not parable. You know, it's interesting that it's the only in quotes parable that uses a name, whereas other parables don't use names to define the characters. Right. Uh, and it's really not known whether it is or isn't a parable. I think that's kind of interesting. And, you know, also there's a lot of things that are kind of confusing about that. Like if you die and you go to the waiting place and you still have that knowledge and you're still aware and you know, oh, I'm in the good place and I'm going to heaven after this. What's the point of of judgment day? Like why are you still going to be judged after that? I take it to mean that judgment day is when it's actually confirmed for you. I mean, you know where you're going in Hades, and then Judgment Day is the confirmation and where all your sins are laid out before him, where Jesus is saying, you actually are with me or you're not with me. Mm-hmm. So it, it's while you're already separated and you already know where you're going, it's the day that it's decided. Mm-hmm. And, and truth be told, like, you know, a lot. Some of this is, is conjecture. I, I I believe it because of, of of the reason we've talked about and the different words and the different verses that we read, but I'm not gonna really know until I'm dead. Right. So, right. and and I think overall, it's important to remember um, that one way or another, if there is a waiting place or there isn't a waiting place, you know, there's there's only two options. And you know, for people who know Christ and who know God and who who live their life for Him, you know, how how awesome is it that we're going to we're going to be in paradise? You know, and Jesus uses the word paradise, and that's I mean that's that's the only word that we can we can ascribe to it. And he was talking about Hades. Yeah, he was talking about he was talking about Hades. I mean, so think about how much better a place that that God is going to build for that Jesus is going to build for us. I mean, he said, "I go to prepare a place for you." Like I go to prepare a place. That's that's pretty incredible to think about. Jesus making a place for us. I mean, he made this earth. Think about all the beautiful things on this earth. Think about, you know, like, there's these amazing vistas, like mountain ranges, and, and I mean, even the desert can be beautiful at times, and, 
and winter, you know, whenever the snow is just like, you know, perfectly, you know, nobody's stepped on it. No, nothing has touched it. How beautiful that can be. And that's just the earth, you know? And we think of that as like, wow, you know, like you said, those beautiful vistas, that's like, that's truly beautiful, but it's not even comparable. It, doesn't he say like, we can't comprehend the... Yeah, we read that. Second Corinthians. Oh, did we? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to kind of end on, on this, this one, uh, another really really uplifting verse from Revelations because Revelations was, was written to, to these churches in Asia that were about to undergo some trials and it, it's got a lot of really uplifting verses in it. And in Revelations 2 and 8, it says, And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, uh, yeah, Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Uh, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. That's, you know, that's really comforting to think about. You know, Jesus himself telling you, don't be afraid of what's about to come, because if you just endure, if you endure this short thing, you'll be with me and I'm going to give you an everlasting crown of life. I've, I've gotten, (laughs) I've gotten emotional thinking sometimes about like when people talk about how, you know, when we get, we get to heaven, we're all going to cast our crowns in in front of Jesus' feet. You know, I've, I've gotten emotional thinking about that, thinking about that, that image that we're, you know, we're going to get to experience if, if we'll just, if we'll just suffer through this little stuff that we have to suffer through here and, and, and live a committed life to him. And so often we forget that. You know, and we get grounded on this earth and caught up in the things of it. But how great a thought that we need to have in our mind and at the top of our heart, well, filling our heart, that that's waiting for us if we'll continue. And yeah, he's he's waiting for us if if we'll if we'll stay true. And why such a powerful thing do we still forget it from time to time? You know, and that's uh, kind of the sorry one point I wanted to make was that kind of the point of like doing stuff like this podcast is that keep your mind on it, keep studying, keep praying, keep talking to Christians and keep yourself in that mindset. Keep yourself on fire for God. Keep yourself in the one true way and, and don't waver from it because you know what's at the end of that at end of that road as long as you don't vary off on another road, which we do sometimes do. Yeah, I mean, just I think the, the main takeaway from what I what the main takeaway every time I study heaven and think about heaven is I may not know everything about it. I may not know what it's going to look like, what it's going to smell like, what it's going to, you know, I don't, I don't know all that. Like we talked about, we don't even know exactly what the door, what the doggy door looks like. (laughs) Right. But I know that, I know that Jesus is going to be there. I know that the pain is going to be done and we're just going to be able to, I mean, we're going to be able to see Jesus. We're going to be able to be near God and and to sing his praises to him directly. I, I, I love, you know, whenever we're, in a in, in church and we're we're singing and and you know you you hear like one of your favorite songs i love that i think about how much better it's going to be with the chorus of angels and and singing it directly to god you know being able to see him and and you know telling him those things in song it's going to be an amazing amazing thing in the most unfathomably beautiful and amazing place ever yeah i, I was thinking about that earlier today like it's interesting that Sometimes you have that want to be with Christians and to sing songs when you're when you're not around your brothers and sisters and you're not singing 
and you think, I, I wish I could be doing that right now instead. And in heaven, you know, like you said, we'll have that opportunity to do that forever, always, all the time, which is, there won't be, oh, I have to go to work now. Oh, I need to go to sleep. There, I need to, anything like that. It's all 24-7, always praising God, always with Christians and, and Jesus and God and angels. I, I think that's kind of awesome. I mean, I love sleeping, so. Ah, maybe just a, <laughs> maybe a little sleep. A couple naps. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... But uh, I think as we round this last episode, this latest episode off, you know, you know, just basically the main overall takeaways are, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing as a Christian, keep fighting for it because it is heaven is worth it. It is it is the goal of our life, and and Jesus is going to be there. So, my name is Ryan. My name is Isaac. And my name is Caleb. And this is the King's Advocate Podcast. Signing off. <laughs>